Howdy, Dream Cowboys. Welcome back to the Fan-Driven Westworld Podcast. Today, we're going to be breaking down the Westworld trailer in preparation for the world premiere of Westworld on October 2nd, this Sunday. I'm James. And I'm Ryan. And this is the Westworld Podcast. So, as trailers go, this is pretty epic. It, it's got a real uh, Christopher Nolan feel to it. I don't want to constantly be drawing comparisons, but I got an Inception vibe from this trailer. Gosh, if Jonathan Nolan listens to our podcast, which he obviously does. Hey, John. He's going to be hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Stop talking about my brother, all right? <laughs> yeah, when he should be doing things for the show, he's just kind of sitting in a dark corner and be like, James and Ryan are always mean to me. So, yeah, we're going to break it up the trailers is not like not like a show you can't really be like a scene one but we're gonna break it up in just the parts we thought made sense right and there are uh gosh there are at least uh four or five trailers for this show now there's the dream trailer there's um the two minute long trailer the one minute 30 minute uh the one minute 30 second long trailer um i believe we chose the one that was kind of the first one we saw right this is the longest trailer. If you go on the HBO YouTube channel, it just says, like, the Westworld trailer. And obviously, we'll link it in the description of the show, so you can find that there. Let's watch this thing, and uh, as we get through parts of it, we'll uh, stop and overanalyze. Yeah, but maybe go ahead and, and watch it now. You can put us on pause. We don't mind. I mind. Alright, don't watch it. Just Just listen to it. Just listen to it. This is a radio opera. came back. You know, if I could stay right here with you, I would. Just sometimes I feel like the world out there is calling me. From the very beginning, when you see her eyes, her blank stare, and, and, and what she's getting into, you feel like Dolores is not only one of the main characters, but someone who cannot die within the first few seasons, and is almost definitely gonna stab someone and i hope it's not james marston he's so cute right so what we've got here is teddy flood played by marston is standing on the prairie with dolores abernathy amazing name played by uh wood you know they have that conversation and you get the feeling like they have a really tender romance going on which leads me to believe that like james marston isn't gonna make it out of this season but i hope he does oh and i i don't even know if he's gonna make it out of this of this trailer, let alone this <laughs> pilot, let alone this season. But yeah, from the look that Dolores is giving James Marsden here, like, the look is like, his touch is everything, plus he's so dreamy. Like, it, it makes a pretty easy prediction that her love for this stranger who comes and goes, which I assume is what he is, I assume he's not a robot, it, it kind of, it feels like she is the robot, he is the stranger who comes and goes, and every now and again is in love, which is why she would say something to the effect of, you're back! Um, her emotions are seem to be very much attached to this real person who is probably married or has a girlfriend outside of the park. And, like, I assume so. I don't, like, that. a person that uh, dreamy, I just don't see as, like, a single go-getter outside of the park. Yeah, and then imagine that you're in love and your girlfriend exists only in a $1,000 a day historical recreation theme park where she thinks it's the year 1865. I mean, it's like having a old school, and by old school, I mean, like, literally olden years, uh, hooker girlfriend who can't leave where she lives. It's, it's almost, it's the perfect thing for the scummy gentleman. Well, this has some implications to it, like, so she remembers him from his last visit to Westworld. I got the impression from the Westworld movie that everything was, like, hard reset for each new round of guests. But I'm guessing that's not the way it is. There's some overarching story plot to this theme park. And the characters are kind of living their daily lives. And the guests of the park pop in and out of that narrative. Yeah, that's I feel just like... what I'm gleaning. I feel like that's just... I mean, I think that just has to happen for this television show to happen. I don't think a television show could happen if all the robots forgot all the people they've ever met. You know? Like, I... I 
I believe that they have to understand that the uh, the world they live in for the world they live in to crumble. And uh, for Dolores here, I honestly believe that if she one day ever figures out that James Marsden perhaps has another lover, that could be her tipping point to going incredibly insane, which would, I, me personally, I'm rooting for. So these robots seem a lot more sentient than the movie robots. They seem like they totally buy into this and like, oh yeah, I'm alive, I'm a real person, of course, this is my life. It's totally meaningful to me and 100% real. So then, like, what happens if, like, one of the technicians drops their iPhone in Western World or something, you know? In the movie, I think that them being sentient, understanding everything that's going on and everything that has happened to them wouldn't work just because it was an hour and 45 minutes and really all you could kind of cover was they have a virus and everything's going wrong but when you have eight seasons they have a virus and everything's going wrong and they have no emotional attachment to their lives or everyone else's life who's a robot or um if or if they care that the other like the real people's lives who come in and out of them oh come in and out of the robots lives like matter so i think it's just in in just a very realistic way, they have to have an emotional connection to all of this, or the TV show, you know, just wouldn't work. Right? Or why do we care at all about the right? Y- if yeah. If she's just a, if she's just a Siri. Right. The immediate, like, you find out that she actually misses this man right from the beginning. You're like, you feel for her. You're sad that he leaves her. How dare you? Yeah, and then she makes that comment, sometimes I feel like the world outside is calling me. Surely that is the risk to having thinking, feeling, sentient robots, thinking that it's like the year 18-whatever. She's like, oh, maybe I want to go see what Chicago's like, or maybe I want to go see New York City. Nope, nope, put that out of your mind. Yeah, get that out of there. That's where I live, and my wife, you can't come with us. Also, yeah, I mean, if we're all being honest here, Skynet is is the consequence. Like, for them to be all this smart and this understanding, Skynet is the consequence. You're one of them, aren't you? You're not real. So here we see there's already, like, some cracks in the foundation to Westworld. Right. Apparently there's human children... I feel like this little boy, I think I saw him that he was, um, I think he might be the son of what's-his-face. Bernard? Yeah, I believe he's, I I think he might be the son of Bernard, and I'm not just saying that, because they're they're both the only two black characters in this show. I honestly believe I saw him later in this trailer, like, with him, talking to him. Uh, which I could be wrong. Hopefully I'm not. But, uh, he is just kind of, you know, we, he's poking the bear that nobody knows is a bear at this moment, asking Dolores, someone who is calling, believes the world is uh, calling her. And then I feel like, wouldn't somebody have a conversation with the people who go in this park and be like, so like, don't bring up that they're not real. They exactly. don't like that. I, I was exactly going to say that if the robots are buying into this and it's critically important for them not to for them not to have their their understanding dispelled and for the guests not to break their fourth wall it's like well i paid a thousand dollars maybe i'll derive my enjoyment from blowing the minds of the robots by just like going around singing songs from the modern day and and you know solving math equations which hadn't yet been solved at this point in time i mean they're being the ultimate trolls like because i assume when you're going into this park that there are a few rules that you have to know i mean when you go into laser tag there are like 80 rules so there has to be uh, more rules than that for westworld as it's bigger and more dangerous one of those rules after like have fun must be do not tell the robots that they are robots because one day they might figure that out like a hundred percent. They are fully thinking, emotional, sentient beings, and if you tell them that it's actually the year twenty thirty, you're gonna drive them insane. Right, and driving them insane is bad for business, idiots. So have fun. Don't tell them they're robots. Yippee ki yay! And it brings up another thing: like, are there human civilians living in the park? Like, if that's a job, like you're a docent in Westworld, and you've just been hired 
to pretend that it's whatever year to fool the robots and also to entertain the guests. Like, I would do that job. Hell yeah, you don't have to pay me anything. Just let me live in the park. Or perhaps in this timeline, in this version of Westworld, there are constant human beings in the park who are like bouncers, you know? Like, I feel like th- that would be the kind of human being who is always in the park, who is has like a thing in their ear and is listening to HQ and is like, I constantly live here and I'm letting you know that everything's quiet on the range. And then uh, you're like, some tiny little African-American child keeps telling all the uh, robots that they're robots and it's getting on my nerves. Right. I mean, what you said, maybe he's uh, Bernard Lowe, played by Jeffrey Wright's character. Um, maybe he's his kid or he's just a kid of someone else who works in the park. And so he gets to live there incidentally. Right. And, you know, if I didn't choose to live in Westworld, you're not going to force me to not tell the robots what's what. You know, I didn't even choose to be here. Yeah, I'm just, I just happen to be here. I'm going to let them know the truth. Bring yourself back online. I think what we just saw here was, if you were watching this trailer for the first time, it is the moment where you're like, whoa, something's weird and different. Like, those two first parts were like, that's a little odd. This just seems like a Wild West story where everyone's saying weird stuff. And then now you're like, ah, kinda got it now, where there's two realities that I need to understand. And and this is a flash of actual reality here, with Dolores sitting in a chair. Reality is colored differently than Westworld is. I mean, like, the actual video is colored differently which is fun for me. And uh, Dolores is slightly aware that there is something wrong in the beginning of this. Like, you can see it in her eyes when she comes online immediately. She's afraid, truly afraid. And then her eyes kind of switch over and she's back to neutral. And we hear Jeffrey Wright's character, Bernard Lowe. He's the one saying, bring yourself back online. Maybe he's running a diagnostic check on Dolores. Maybe he's trying to, like, weed out that that Beauty and the Beast. There must be more to this provincial life. He's trying to get that out of there. Right. There's nothing more. Because people keep telling her she's not real. And he's just watching like, God, gosh dang it. I have, I had dinner plans tonight, but now I got to wipe Dolores again. Everybody keeps telling her she's not real. Maybe they're going to wipe her memory after this. He just wants to understand, like, why does this keep happening? Oh, it's that kid. Yeah, exactly. It's that, it's, it's that, those dang rascals. For me here, it's that look on her eyes right in the beginning. It, you can see it's like she just opened her eyes and what she believed was going to be the West was a glass door and the bewilderment was just gone when it was kind of wiped by Bernard Lowe. Who, from the very beginning, you see his face, and his face is very much like, I'm sad this is happening. Do you know where you are? I'm in a dream. You're in my dream. I designed every part of this place. Not a theme park, but an entire world. So we've got the first lines from Anthony Hopkins' character, Dr. Robert Ford. He's talking to Dolores... He asks her, like, where do you think you are? I'm in a dream. And, you know, he quite quite megalomaniacally says, like, well, you're in my dream, actually. So it feels like she was just with Bernard Lowe, who was trying to wipe her memory. And then she gets, like, she she wasn't cooperating or something. And then gets, like, kind of put on the, the scale of, okay, fine, well, you're going to see the big guy who then has to have an existential conversation with you, apparently, because it's Anthony Hopkins, and why wouldn't you be giving him cool lines to say? Um, but in a dream, and you're in my dream, the first thing I thought was, this is a Greek tragedy. This is Homer. This is the Odyssey. Like, this is Hubris 101 from the very beginning. Let's see if uh, Dr. Robert Ford, played by Anthony Hopkins, can overstep the line of where he should be, obviously, in a narrative. And it's from the very beginning that you get the feeling of, yeah, I mean, this is all going to be his fault. Yeah, I think Loris is definitely the linchpin of what's going to start to go wrong. It seems like she's, you know, she's like the first person plugged into the Matrix to kind of realize, like, oh, this isn't reality, actually. Yeah, and then he keeps going, because we see uh, the control room, 
and it, there appears to be a holographic map of, of of the entirety of Westworld encircled uh, by technicians, which at first I was like, oh my god, their Westworld is tiny, and you shrink into that tiny little hologram. <laughs> and then I was like, oh no, 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 it's just, it's a map, everything's fine. Um, and then you hear Ford say, uh, I designed every part of this place. I was like, we get it, man. You're a genius. Pat yourself on the back. Why don't you? Like, over and over again. Is is there is your back raw from you just patting yourself on the back all day, every day? Yeah, the holographic map is cool. I, you know, I'm going to miss the uh, the Commodore 64s that the technicians were using in the, the 1977 movie, though. I'm going to miss them so much. That and the guy who really wants cinnamon raisin bread. Uh, now that I've watched that movie, I have just, I have incredibly, uh, I'm going to call them not high hopes, but low hopes. I have some low hopes for this show. Like, the next part, where we see um, Jimmy Simpson's character, William, who we kind of see as the everyday guy who doesn't know this park that well, and is, it, like he kind of comes off as the uh, the Peter from the movie, the, the guy the audience is supposed to really connect with. You see him walking. Check down. out our Westworld recap and review while you're at it. Yeah, we're we're talking about it constantly. He walks through the white hallway and approaches to the ornate door, and and as he's entering, I'm thinking to myself. All I was really thinking to myself again was, "Gosh, I hope that there's a getting like a getting ready montage, like a fun montage with cool music, like the movie." Yeah, he's like, "Oh, do I get the holster? I like. I want. I want this one." Like, yep, you get the holster, and also, don't tell them they're robots! But yeah, I, I think you're right. I think this shot is probably, like, the last thing you see before you turn the door and enter and maybe board the train in Westworld. Right, I hope he opens the door, and then we get a sweeping crane shot. Haha, <laughs> that'd be neat. And then after that, uh, Dr. Robert Ford says, It's not a theme park, but an entire world. And my exact thought was, that's what theme parks are, dude. Yeah, that's why he called it Disney World, not I Disney Theme Park. <laughs> idiot. What an idiot. You and everyone you know were built to gratify the desires of the people who pay to visit your world. Here we see the train arriving in the uh, dusty frontier town. Uh, Dolores is putting a saddle on a horse and in a moment of... Uh, reactionary times she looks at herself in the mirror and kind of cocks her head then she uh speaks with bernard Lowe inside the glass cell again she kind of we all kind of flash back to reality um and with all of that i thought one train nerds are going to love this show and there are a lot of train nerds i know because i'm one of them and i know all of them on the internet and i'm all on all the forums because i love all the trains and train nerds are going to love that show. Because I know, I saw the train, I was like, yeah, that's a real nice train. Uh, yeah, model people will probably go wild for Westworld. You, you like models? You like making Westworld models? Show's for you. It's like exactly, exactly for you. And then we see Dolores doing, for me, what is a version of the red dot test, which is something everybody learns in Psychology 101 where... They put a red dot on a monkey's forehead, and the monkey looks in the mirror, and then it touches where the dot is on his head, letting everybody know that he knows that he's not just looking at something else. He knows that that red dot is on his forehead. He has a sense of self. And they do that with a lot of animals, and almost none of them pass it. The ones who pass it are usually, like, monkeys and crows. And it looks like this was kind of Dolores' red dot test, where she looked in the mirror, and... She cocks her head to the side because you get the feeling that she has more of a sense of self than she should. Yeah, and perhaps she's thinking back on those conversations she had with Bernard Lowe and Dr. Robert Ford, which hopefully uh, you think they would erase that from her mind. That would be a pretty big oversight if they just sent her back with those conversations intact. Yeah, those ones have to be erased. I mean, I, which is interesting that they have to uh, erase specifically, that they have to kind of get rid of the last X amount of minutes that you've been in the r real world where you've been fixing you. But we have to keep the stuff where you remember who James Marsden is, or when he gets back, he's going to be like, what the crap happened to Dolores? She was my lady. The line that Bernard Lowe speaks is extremely problematic for not breaking the fourth wall. He basically spills the beans to her. He basically just says, you know, you're an attraction in a theme park. Yeah, if Dr. Robert Ford heard him saying that, he'd be like, Hey, Bernard, cut the cut the malarkey, you know? Get out of here. 
Like, stop telling the robots that everyone in the park is telling the robots they're not real, and now you're telling the robots that they're whores. Like, could you just not? We're trying to keep this place from exploding, and you're not being helpful. And as he's saying this, we get uh, different shots of people indulging themselves in Westworld. We get a couple riding on a horse. We get prostitutes, perhaps robots, kissing in a crowded bar. Cowboys pushing through double doors. Of course, you would want to be doing that the whole time while you're there. You got pushing through double doors and those, like crazy, right? And those double doors have to be creaky, and everybody has to look at you when you walk in. Those are the rules of the West. And we get a shot of William Jimmy Simpson kissing Clementine Pennyfeather. Best the, name, uh, yeah. The the frontier lady of the night, played by uh, Seraphian. The frontier lady of the night, who from this trailer comes off as to me. The coolest one. She's so cool. She's also like, because she's so cool because she's very obviously trying to protect something uh, uh, later in the trailer. But here you just see her with one, the best name in this show, Clementine Pennyfeather. And she is uh, kissing William. Seems to be the, uh, she's going to be the one who kind of lets William know that this place is awesome, minus all the murdering that might happen. Just don't forget, they're not real. What you and I do is so complicated. I need your help, Dolores. I think I made a mistake. So our creatures have been misbehaving. So we got a lot in this part to unpack. Dr. Robert Ford's having some conversation with Bernard Lowe, and he's like, you know, don't forget. They're not real. They're not people. They're robots. Yeah, right. They have the conversation that I mentioned last time where if Dr. Robert Ford ever heard what Bernard Lowe was saying to some of these robots, I feel like they would have this conversation of just don't forget. They're not real. I don't know why I was rushing in that moment, but I feel like and if you look at Bernard's face, he feels bad. He feels bad for lying to these robots, which I don't. I mean, I guess because if you're on the ground floor of creating these uh, these robots, just from idea to who they are, and and then you get to hang out with them every day. Lying to them uh, might be tough, just because they look like people. You feel like you're you're actually deceiving a human being. For uh, perhaps Bern- Bernard Lowe feels that way, and Robert has to tell him in this moment, you know, get a grip, dude. And we get a shot of what seems to be the robots being put together. There's like a robotic skeleton being dipped in and out of this kind of liquid white material in what I'm guessing is like a science fiction 3D printer. Which I think is my one my first or second favorite shot from this trailer, just because it is a um, this-could-be-the-future moment, which I always like for TV shows where they uh, they put something in that is not here yet, and so they have to think it out like 100%. They have to understand what it might be and and what it actually is in their reality. So I really like that shot of uh, of basically the uh, a white skeleton being dipped in and out of a 3D printer, becoming more and more of what it's eventually going to be, which is hopefully a new robot without emotional disturbing feelings or, or skills. Um, and then you follow that up with Dr. Robert Ford says something to the effect of, what you and I do is so complicated. Um, right, he might as well be saying, you know, what you and I do is so morally ambiguous. Yeah, and he's still obviously having that conversation with Bernard, who is uneasy with what he's currently doing, and and the way and you're seeing the way that Dr. Robert Ford in this moment kind of copes with uh, the same feeling that uh, Bernard has. I mean, obviously, Robert Ford is not immune to we are using this these AI robots, we are using these these robots to do what our will. Uh, something that I created. Um, what we and I, what you and I do, is so complicated. Is just to say, my ego is incredibly large, and I'm basically a god. So what you're going to need to stop doing is taking me away from uh, that feeling, because I, I I really want it. And actually, I was reminded from that line. Have you ever seen the movie Ex Machina? Loved it. Okay. So, for people who haven't seen the movie Ex Machina, I'm not going to ruin anything for you, but I think you should go watch it because it's wonderful. It should have won 
for me, it was my favorite movie of 2015. I believe it should have won the Best Picture. And I believe Oscar Isaac should have won. Uh, I think everybody in that movie should have won. It was amazing. Uh, it's But it's about, you know, AI. It's about the creation of the first true AI and the first true AI test. And this line reminded me of it because if you're going to have the hubris to create something, to create a life, to play God, uh, you're going to have to live within the world of delusion where you are the chosen one to do so. Because if you're not living within that world, you get the doubt that Bernard Lowe has, and that doubt can lead to... I mean, it's Skynet. By the way, do I have to explain what Skynet is, do you feel? Or do you think everybody who's listening to the Westworld podcast is going to be like, yeah, yeah, no, I I know what Skynet is. If you don't know, Skynet is the sentient computer network which destroys the world in the Terminator series. Oh, see, that was so easy. Great job. Spoilers. Sorry, retroactive spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) Judgment Day. Yeah. We get a line from Bernard Lowe. He says, I need your help, Dolores. I think I've made a mistake. Which, to me, that's definitely planting the seeds for, like, what is going to be a disaster right. in Westworld. If Dolores is the one who is kind of the hairpin trigger for this all to go wrong, the reason she is able to do so is because Bernard is fucking up. Like, he is absolutely going to be the one who triggers this apocalypse. I feel like if someone's opening the door to the outside world for Dolores to go into, not Westworld, but the actual world, if, if robots actually break out of Westworld and get into the real world, it will be because Bernard messed up. Yeah, and I think he's going to be doing it coming from a place of compassion. He's like, oh, I'm going to set the robots free, and I'm sure they'll be grateful to me, you know? You have to be coming from a place of compassion there. You're the opposite of Robert Ford, who believes he is God. Bernard Lowe, in this moment, believes he is... He knows more than God does, and God is saying the wrong thing and the right thing is that this is all too much which i mean if you look at it from an objective perspective you kind of get it you're like yeah this does all seem like a little too much we get some shots of uh like uh it looks like a sheriff and his men shooting down at the camera and if, if we're going back to the movie westworld maybe this is like someone who decided they wanted to play sheriff and this is their buddies. Yeah. And maybe like, they're just going around gunning down robots for fun. Yeah, just Sheriff and his entourage. Like, it, And hopefully, I like the fact that every now and then the Sheriff would change. And I, I see, it'd be weird, actually, if the Sheriff was a robot who was always the same. I guess you could do that. But if you wanted to make a long-term Sheriff character, that would be fine, I guess. But it, it would be interesting if it's like the movie where it is kind of rotating Sheriff as people come into the park and pay more to be the Sheriff. And, yeah, then, and narratively, that could make sense, because, you know, it's the Wild West, sheriffs come and go, get, you know, bang, bang, need a new sheriff. Yeah, exactly. So the the cowboys or the badges are shooting right down at the camera. Uh, you get an unknown voice with the line, some of our creatures have been misbehaving, which I found interesting that they called them creatures for one, and misbehaving like they're children for two. Yeah, and were you able to identify who said that line? I I wasn't sure. No, I had no I I had no idea. But I mean, like, if some of our creatures are misbehaving, ah, it has to be. If it's not Robert Ford, then it has to be somebody on the like on the board, or it sounds like something Robert Ford would say. Yeah, I, it's either Robert Ford or I have a bet on maybe Lee Sizemore, played by Simon Quarterman, yeah. who's uh, the narrative director of Westworld. Possibly he said that line. Yeah, that sounds he he sounds like uh delusional enough in that moment for that to work and then we get my favorite shot of the trailer which is like some robot cowboy is chugging what looks to be milk and it's just like pouring out a hole in his chest and i'm thinking with that 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 shouldn't happen he narratively he should be dead yeah he right he should be on the ground waiting to be picked up by the night crew and uh you know taking the stuff taken out of him like the bullets and, and what have you and then put back in the morning and everything's fine. He doesn't even remember any of that. Um, but in a story where robots are going to go crazy, you have to have at some point some guy get shot a bunch of times who's a robot and then drink something and then have that liquid come out of them. That's obvious. Yeah, yeah. I'm not just going to lay down dead 
when I'm shot because the man says so, all right? Yeah, exactly. I'm my own robot. I think there may be something wrong with this world. No choice you ever made was your own. You have always been a prisoner. What if I told you? I'm here to set you free. Hey, James! He's here to set us free! <laughs> Good thing. So, one thing you mentioned, and I've thought about it a lot since then, you said you thought the gunslinger in the new show would not be a robot, which would be a huge departure from the movie where the gunslinger was, like, THE robot. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, he obviously could be a robot, but I, I'm getting, like, the feeling from the trailer that Ed Harris and the gunslinger character just is a guy who went in one day and didn't come back out. Like, he just lives in there now, and I wonder if the people who run this park are fine with that, or if they're constantly looking for him. And I also wonder if there are people who run this park whose sole job it is, is to go find people who won't leave. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, they'll just, they just are in there now, and this is their lives, like the gunslinger might be, uh, just actually living in there, and gunslinging. Um, and for me, I think it'd be a more interesting character. If he, yeah, I if think he was a that's, that's a very interesting prospect, that someone is just like, well, I'm an outlaw, I'm such an outlaw, I'm not leaving, yeah, come get me. Exactly. Uh, at the beginning of this, we see Dolores enter a crowded church, it kind of gave me a flashback, actually, of The Patriot, the movie The Patriot with Mel Gibson, where uh, the entire town slash uh, his family slash everybody gets locked in a church and lit on fire, but... Uh, thankfully, that's not what happened. And then you hear Dolores say, I think there may be something wrong with this world. And obviously, Dolores, Bernard just told you that. And then we get a close-up of Teddy Flood's face looking just so cute. Uh, he looks real disturbed. And then you kind of get turned around to see a woman who uh, looks like Dolores standing alone in front of the train amongst uh, just a bunch of corpses. And then a coyote runs through the shot. This was the one... The one shot in this whole thing where I was like, what, they're trying to do something here, and I'm not exactly sure what. Right, it could be a dream sequence, possibly. Or well, So what, I had a few theories regarding this shot of all the, all the dead bodies in front of the train. Yeah. Is it a mass malfunction? Did something happen which caused them all their systems to crash? Did something occur where they had to shut everything down, emergency shutdown? Like they tried to do in the movie and failed. Right. Or, and this is the most, the weirdest theory. What if someone, one of the guests just decided to completely go postal and just waste every robot they came across? Surely that's their prerogative, right? You're free to do whatever you want. Which, there's really strange implications to that. If I'm free to do whatever I want to these thinking, feeling robots and I'm a paying customer, am I allowed to torture them? Am I allowed to, to you know, do even worse things than that? Can you rape these robots with impunity? Can you just do whatever you want until your your five days are up, you know? So in the instance that the gunslinger is a real person and uh, has the thought of these robots, like he said the phrase, I'm here to set you free. What if his version of setting you free is just killing the robots? Because I could see this from a moment of, the gunslinger goes through a town, murders 30 robots because he's trying to set them free, and then Dolores just happens upon it with James Marston as they're riding around uh, in love with each other again. And then, you know, Dolores walks into them, turns around, looks at James Marston. James Marston is like, oh, gosh, this is messed up. And Dolores is like, you know, what happened here? Why are all these my friends? Why are all my friends lying on the ground? Uh, dead, what, just, what could have happened? And then the coyote runs through, why, why, why? Yeah, it's, it's difficult to know exactly what's going on here, but I like what you said about the gunslinger. Maybe his, his way of defying authority is like, I'm just gonna fuck shit up as much as possible. And have, force them to deal with it. 
which sounds like fun, obviously. It sounds like it's something that would be a good time. Um, a- after this, we see we see the gunslinger almost immediately pushing through an open door and then uh, uh, bearing down on, uh, what is it, Cl- uh, Penny Feather? Uh, Charlotte Hale, yeah. played by Tessa Thompson. Oh, yeah, yeah, Charlotte Hale, played by Tessa Thompson. And a child, uh, Char- Charlotte readies a shotgun. By readying a shotgun, when she actually, she's like, she's like really intense and in sliding down uh, her her wall while kind of while protecting a child and pointing the gun at the gunslinger coming in in a real like in a rage. It was awesome. It's I think it's my second favorite shot of the trailer behind a uh, weird three D printer guy. Yeah, and I have to say, it's gonna be hard to top Yul Brenner as the gunslinger, but. Just based on the trailer, it looks like Ed Harris is, is up to the challenge. I love Ed Harris as the gunslinger. He just looks so... He, I like that he's old. I like that he's just like... he. I, I like the idea that he was just an old dude in the real world who came and killed one robot and was like, <laughs> this is the life for me. I'm just still hoping he's not a robot. And even if he's <laughs> a robot, that'd be fine. Well, that'd be so interesting. Well, that's the thing, dude. This There's a... There's kind of a Battlestar Galactica hook to this where it's like, maybe he is, maybe he isn't, you know. It, it could be a big reveal where it's like, oh, actually, James Marsden was a robot this whole time. That would be, that'd be uh, both neat and like, how dare you? So we see this strange symbol first carved into a table and then kind of like crop circled into the dirt. Uh, I don't, not really sure what that means. Maybe it's like the the symbol for like the robot liberation army or something. I really have no idea. Yeah, it felt like crop circles. It felt like uh, someone's like, this just happened here. Where it definitely didn't just happen here. Somebody made this symbol on the ground. Uh, perhaps one of the more enlightened robots have done this. You hear the gunslinger in this moment say, no choice you've ever made was your own. Further uh, pushing the theory that he is here to liberate everybody, whether that be by killing them or... Or just, you know, uh, drawing fun things on the ground to let make everybody weird and afraid. Um, either way, we see that symbol. And pr- that symbol will probably be part of the narrative in some way. Which is interesting, because it does feel like it's the, it's the Westworld version of a crop circle. Where it's a mystery, and Robert Ford doesn't know what's happening or why it's happening. And then it will be, like, a big reveal in, in the, perhaps, the finale. We get another shot of what I'm assuming is the character Teresa Cullen, played by Sidsy Babbitt-Nudson. She seems to be, like, standing over the holographic map, kind of surveying it. And surely, if the Gunslinger is a rogue human in Westworld, she would be his greatest adversary, I assume. Yeah, she's, like, the one whose probably job it is to hunt him down. But, um, you know, we don't really get... Like, we kind of get a fast shot of this, but we really only get to see Dr. Robert Ford and Bernard Lowe in in more than just second-long moments in the actual reality. We don't actually get to meet the other people who are there that much. So I am looking forward to meeting those characters, because they are going to be completely new, and we didn't get anything from them in the trailer. Um, after this, we see Dolores standing amid, um, amid a graveyard on the plains, which kind of, you feel like, it's probably all of those people she was just standing... It, what, it's kind of seemed like a dream sequence before, but she was standing amongst all those corpses. It kind of feels like she told James Marsden, pick them up. We got to bury them. And she's standing there uh, while the gunslinger says again, you have always been a prisoner. I mean, you can just see that these are layers that they're laying on top of Dolores, like to push her towards something. And that something, if you have any inference whatsoever, is complete abandonment. Let's just com- complete like I'm a crazy robot now. We get a shot of what appears to be Westworld technicians walking their way into Maeve Millay's saloon, and she doesn't look happy with that. Yeah, uh, she they're there during the day. It doesn't even seem like all the robots are off at night, which I don't know if that happens in this version of it. It happened in the original movie, but uh, like it, it looks like from one that she doesn't turn around. She just sees them in the mirror. And it feels like she has seen them before. She knows what they mean. She knows they mean something not positive, for sure. Which, if she does remember who they are, that's interesting. And if she doesn't remember who they are, then all she knows in this moment is, those people are not dressed like I am. 
We get a few more quick shots. Uh, it looks like Charlotte and her kid running through the plains, maybe running from the gunslinger, who knows. Mm-hmm. We get Dolores standing in a black void, looking up at a spotlight, and that's when we hear the gunslinger line you and I have mentioned already. What if I told you I'm here to set you free? Which is very enigmatic. We already talked about this. Like That line could be coming from a, a robot who has realized the truth, or it could be coming from a rogue human who wants to set the robots free for whatever reason. Yeah, and then I think in that moment, Dolores is also looking up towards a bright light, which I think obviously represents like a godlike figure, or, or just what she believes to be uh, the greatest power in her world, perhaps. Um, and and the gunslinger is just avidly trying to mess all of this up, and I think Dolores is going to be very helpful for him. Yeah, so uh, there were no lines in that audio. <laughs> but we saw a lot of things really quickly. We get a shot of Armstis, the female outlaw. She's like on the ground and she opens her eyes and wakes up. We get another shot again of Armstis and like her, her head and torso are being affixed to a robot skeleton. We get another quick shot where it seems like Armstis is being chased by a group of angry Indians. Yeah, so... And she, like, turns around to fire back at them. There are a few things here. One, I think her name might be Armistis, but you might also be correct. I'm not good at saying things. But two, her... She looks a lot like Evan Rachel Wood. She looks a lot like Dolores. And it's hard to tell between them, um, which I is going to be, uh, I think, annoying to me. I think only annoying in this instance where it's a trailer and we only see them really quickly. I bet in the real show you're going to be like, oh, no, that's our missus and that's Dolores. Everything's fine. Um, but in this instance, I, like, when you said that this was our missus, it was like, it, she looks a lot like Dolores. Like, she just has different clothes now. She put on different clothes. Um, obviously, she's different. But And then we get to see the horde of angry Indians riding the battle, which is interesting because there were no Indians that we got to see in the Westworld movie. So that, That's right, yeah, kind of an oversight. Yeah, that is something new. I, I like that they there are angry Indians because it makes sense. This is Westworld. Why wouldn't there be? There has to be a threat. But yeah, oh, the pronunciation of her name, is, 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 I'm going by like Armistice Day. It's the same spelling, but maybe it is pronounced Armistice. We'll find out. Episode one, then we'll know. October 2nd. And then after that, we see Teddy firing a machine gun into a cavalry camp, and a wagon explodes. I mean, that could be, I feel like that could be just, uh, maybe those are the guys who killed all of those people who Dolores found and then subsequently buried, and then Dolores was like, please, go find them and murder them. Uh, and then he does. Who knows? That's just yeah. That could be a scripted Westworld event where it's like, oh man, did you do the part where you blow up the wagon? Yeah, that was awesome. I love blowing up the wagon, dude. And then we see uh, Maeve flash her panties on top of a only safe. if you're watching the adult version yeah. of the. <laughs> That's <laughs> the true because there are two. It looks like the guy who chugged the milk and or the whiskey or the whatever earlier that came out of his body was trying to get something out of the safe, and she's trying to postpone him doing so by showing him her nether regions. And then we get a close-up of a skeleton uh, robot fist unclenching. Uh, so it looks like uh, the skeleton robot was real mad, and then they like turned it off, and it unclenched. Yeah, he's like, oh, don't put me in Westworld. I don't want to be a sham. Right, and then they just like uh, unplug him, and he doesn't even care anymore, because he has no power. And then we see the gunslinger sitting, and he uh, shoots at someone from close range, his victim flies back and topples into a table. Pretty cool. Classic cool. He's so nonchalant about it. He just crosses his arm over. Bam. Exactly. Because of something you just said, and I want to reiterate, the gunslinger is cool. Yeah. Gunslinger for president 2016. Anyone for president 2016. And then (laughs) an undressed robot pushes a man through some glass. And that is in reality. That was a real. And also the robot had like weird um, leg tattoos. Did you see those? Yeah, I wonder if maybe he's not all set to go. Like, maybe he's missing some some chunks of meat or something. Yeah, right. I mean, like... Eh. And then it also shows that that robot does have some actual strength. He pushed that man right through some glass. 
yeah, are they, do they have superhuman strength, I wonder? Like, surely you should just make them as strong as a normal person is. But, I mean, if they're made of metal, they have to be, there's some kind of alloy. Because, like, when you're banging the robot, you'd be like, man, you weigh one ton. This isn't that fun. Yeah, like right. Wolverine with the adamantium inside him. You know, he's just a heavy, very metallic human being. I mean, I, I, and I feel like you should not give them superhuman strength in a world where they might go rogue one day. Why giving them superhuman strength would just be an awful oversight. After this, we see Dolores and Teddy embrace once more, probably because he had such a fun time blowing up all of those people. And then we see Logan for what might be the uh, the first or only or the second time in this trailer. Logan being William's friend, Jimmy Simpson's friend, who has been to this park multiple times and and knows the lay of the land. Him and Maeve are kissing passionately. Maeve, one of the uh, other best names in this show. Yeah, it seems for sure that William and Logan are the Peter and John of this movie, and they're like, we're gonna, we're gonna rob a bank, and then we're just gonna spend the rest of the time banging robot hookers. Right, and spoiler alert for the movie, that just is not good news for Logan, let's just say that. <laughs> um, and then uh, you see a plastic body bag automatically zipping itself up, covering a corpse, which was weird. Yeah, is that a human corpse? Well, you wouldn't put a robot in a body bag, would you? Although I think they did in the movie. And also, why is it zipping itself up? Why is it like the Nike shoes that tie themselves in Back to the Future? Well, I mean, if you're going to have fancy sci-fi zippers, the only thing they can do is zip themselves up and down, I guess. I Fine. You changed my mind. And then uh, we see an unknown cowboy shoots a man being dragged behind a horse. You know, Westworld stuff. Uh, we see. Yeah, a- you know, maybe it's uh, you know Doc Brown trying to shoot at the rope to free marty mcfly if there are not back to, back to the future three references in westworld then cancel it who cares i just feel like if you and i paid a thousand dollars to go to westworld we'd be doing nothing but making back to the future three references the entire time well back to the future three references and like westworld movie references i guess like where's yule and then eventually when ed harris shoots us we'll be like we asked for this <laughs> And then uh, Armstice in a really badass way, like, holsters her gun. Because also, she's so cool. Yeah, I mean, she looks pretty cool, too. She might be in, like, the number two slot for cool character underneath the gunslinger. She's the cool lady. You gotta have a cool lady. Nah, come on, man. We don't have to to divide them up into categories, alright? No, that's exactly what they did in a meeting, though. We gotta have a cool lady. (laughs) She's our cool lady. Very old friends. No, I wouldn't say friends, Dolores. I wouldn't say that at all. So yeah, that was a pretty creepy exchange. It was. It was also, I feel like, the moment that they, or one of the moments they gave Anthony Hopkins for him to be like, yes, I'm doing this. Because if you have Anthony Hopkins, you have to give him cool things to say, right? You're not going to have Anthony Hopkins and be like, you're going to be an an uninteresting character. So they give him very dramatic things to say. And then he's talking to Dolores after, like, assumably she did something wrong or she did something, um that doesn't make sense or Bernard's been messing with her or something or other. And then uh, Dolores, who, while she is completely kind of wiped of what she remembers from the past, asks Robert Ford if, if they're friends. And then him in a, in a very pretentious dickish way is like, nah, not really. You're right. It just, it goes back to what you've been saying this whole time. It's like, no, we're not friends. I'm your God. I'm not friends with a lowly peon robot. I'm not friends with some idiot, idiot. Go back to your fake world and, you know, go about worrying about all your fake problems that aren't even real because I wrote them. You big, dumb, stupid idiot. Yeah, like, he's just, uh, he's being such a dick. And he's, uh, I don't know, it, like, you just get the feeling, it's it's that hubris 101. You you learn this the first day you read the Odyssey in some class. There, Everyone's like, well, let's, uh, let's define the word hubris. Robert Ford is in this moment defining the word hubris. Vanity, thy name is Dr. Robert Ford. For real, dude. Um, and then we get the Westworld, October 2nd, HBO. Yeah, what are your final thoughts on this trailer and what you think of the ending and so on and so forth? I mean, I'm hyped. I'm real hyped. If this pilot isn't awesome, 
I- I'm going to be really sad. And and y'all are going to hear about it. Yeah. And it will be the last uh, podcast we do. I'm just ripping <laughs> apart the tra- uh, ripping apart the first episode. And they're like, there is no second episode of this. We're over it. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that's not real. I'm hoping it's not real. I want, I want, I need something so badly Game of Thrones is leaving me and I need something so badly. But, I mean, I'm already looking ten weeks into the future. I'm thinking, just like, translating movie to show, how much of the disaster is going to play out and then you're still possible to have a season two, you know? The shit can't really fully hit the fan, because if it does, then everyone's dead and Peter's in the dungeon of medieval world thinking, boy, have we got a vacation for you. Boy, have we got a vacation for you. Boy, have we got a vacation for you. Boy, have we got a et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I assume they cannot, like, what they, uh, the production delay in the begin in the middle of Westworld was, uh, when Jonathan Nolan came back and they decided they have to figure out the rest of the show because they want to be able to set up season one in a way where they know what's happening in season eight, because that's how shows work. Um, so, I mean, they know what is happening for the entire time. So I assume everything can't go wrong in season one. You're right. And all of that, what we just saw, has to be from, like, the first few episodes. So, um, in my opinion, I, I think by the end of season one, from what we got from this trailer, this is just some wild conjecture, but what I feel like we're going to get at the end of season one is perhaps, like, Dolores breaking the fourth wall of her life. And, like, or, like... I feel like the first season is going to be Dolores breaking out. And then, but everyone else doesn't believe her, like in season two. Like, that will be a fun moment where one of these robots figures it out, and then the rest of the robots have to reply, have to be like, no. And will the robots who, some of the robots who hear that uh, react in a negative way, even? One thing about the nature of the how guests visit at park and then leave. That's a great opportunity for some guest spots, for sure, or recurring characters. Yeah, Betty White is a cowboy. Maybe not Betty White. Uh, it'd be cool if they got Richard Benjamin or James Brolin to just come in for just like a minute or two. That'd be awesome. If the Golden Girls aren't going to be cowboys, I don't want any part of the show. They couldn't get uh, Yule Brenner because, uh, you know, he's, he's been dead for like 30 years. Same with but... B. Arthur. Very sad. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does it leaves a lot of possibilities open it's like oh i paid a thousand bucks i'm here for a day it's me tommy lee jones <laughs> yeah anthony called me anthony called me and uh it's where we find out tommy lee jones is uh, actually english he's been lying to us the entire time anthony called me and wondered if i wanted to be on westworld and i was like for sure <laughs> But yeah, I'm hyped. Are you hyped? I am very hyped. I am both hyped and I have to go to work. So (laughs) yeah, everybody hop on the steam powered hype train and we will see you on Monday with a recap and review and some crazy theories about the premiere of Westworld. I can't wait. I'm James. And I'm Ryan. And this is the Westworld podcast.